This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard DJ's Aviation Podcast. This is your home for everything aviation. From the latest news on aircraft, airlines, and airports, to documenting travel journeys unlike any other across the globe. Be sure to check out our second YouTube channel, Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation, where you'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. Um, so, first of all, a very, very warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. You are Lidor River, the founder and CEO of Imperium Jets. Uh, as I always do, I split the interview up into different areas, starting off with a little bit about you so we can get to know you better as a person, your role at the company, then taking a look at the company itself. Uh, I'd then love to move on to the benefits for a person, the future of aviation, and leaving it on a fun question that we dived into during our introductory call. So, for the past four years, you've been the founder and chief executive officer, and that's why we're here today. Tell me, though, how did you reach this point that you are at now? So, uh, first, Nayan, thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's an absolute privilege, and I uh, super appreciate it. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show, so thank you so much for that. Uh, regarding your question, honestly, it was by complete uh, mistake. I didn't plan to do anything in business aviation. In fact, I was working in the government as a team and project manager. And I decided that I want to change career and do something else. Uh, one thing led to another. I built a travel tech startup in London. And from this basic concept was to open sharing economy uh, to different people, to compare different options of using uh, Uber and Blablacar to travel from places, Airbnb, HomeAway, Flipkey, uh, in order to use accommodation. And one of the frequent requests that we got was, what is your solution for air transportation? And that really got us thinking about, hey, maybe we can use uh, somebody's private jet when he's not using it and uh, sell it to, to a group of people to share it and have it as an air transportation solution. Uh, one thing led to another. We step upon uh, a very common problem called the empty legs, and we got completely in love with the concept of sharing empty leg flights by the seat. Um, we study about 17 different startups that was in the past uh, few years uh, trying to do the same uh, solution from different approach. And we establish our own, build our niche, and it's where we are today. So that's how we got started. Perfect. So it's quite a, quite a process to get to where we are today, but I'm sure for you as both the founder and chief executive, it's very rewarding to see a company grow from that small idea you had. And like you said, you've found that network and that little market where you're, hang on a second, this doesn't seem totally right. Let's dive into it and do really well there. But before Imperium Jets, you've held previous roles. And what I'd be very interested to learn is, in those previous roles to where you are today, have you taken something from each position and applied it to today? Maybe it's a specific method of uh, day-to-day operations where you said, hey, that really worked for me however many years ago. I'm going to apply it to today's uh, work at Imperium. In terms of uh, work mythology within the company, I can say absolutely yes. I took uh, the different vibe that we got from uh, working in the government and myself serving in the special forces for three years uh, we're working in very much, uh, I'll say, a mature approach. So everybody has their own uh, mission, their own uh, schedule and timeline. They have a deadline set by the company and the management. And other than that, they need to find their own solution and coming up with their own uh, different uh, tactics on how to solve things. Uh, we are working very uh, flexible in that terms of you can work 
uh, from home, you can work from the office, you can uh, create a task if you think that is uh, necessary and, and pitch why you believe this is something that worth uh, the time and the budget. Uh, but overall, we work very, very strongly as a, as a good group unit. Uh, we have a lot of activities together. Almost once a month, we're doing something cool. Uh, I just set a surprise for a, a Razor off-road trips for the team. So hopefully, uh, they're not going to hear it until it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, we work very, very closely. We are uh, great friends, great colleagues, and we are set to win in the same mission. And would you say that... I've spoken to a few people before, and I mean, even speaking to family members who are just working any kind of job, but they'll often say to me, it is so important the people you work with, uh, while they can have all the skills down pat, if it's difficult to work with them, it's hard to get the results and the desired, uh, I guess you could say, achievements out of a company. You've just made mention there that... Um, there's great initiatives from the team members potentially pitching ideas that they think could be worthwhile. Is that important as a core structure and foundation for Imperium? I think one of the best rules I get I can give is take A, a plus players, pay them 1.5 or 2 extra on the market, spoil them, work with them, give them their space to grow, and you will receive so much back. Um, I have people that have coming with absolutely zero experience in, in basically any business whatsoever. They started as interns. And for me, there was A++ players because they were so hungry and so dedicated and so organized. So I know it's going to be just an operation position. Uh, some coming from sales background in completely different other field, but they can express themselves amazing and they can really transfer the emotion of the sell. So they're going this position. So the A players not necessarily have to be from the actual same field, but it didn't have the quality of hunger, humility, uh, honesty, and, and dedication to succeed. For me, it's enough, and I can see the result on, on ground, so I'm very happy with it. Well, that's great that you're able to build such a team that you can also like be so proud of as well. Um, why we're here today, of course, Imperium Jets. Some people may not have heard of the company, so we've heard a little bit about how it came all about and the market that you saw there was an opportunity in. But for someone that may not have heard of Imperium Jets, do you want to give a bit of an overview over what you guys do? Sure. So very, very shortly, Imperium is basically a distribution platform to sell private jet flights by the seat or to be a more accurate business aviation flights by the seat. Uh, we basically have two parts of the platform. The content part, which is uh, provided by uh, Part 135 operators um, that want to sell their unutilized flights by the seat or to open a route or to sell an empty leg or any sort of consideration that they are seeing the potential of selling by the seat. And from the other side, we have agencies, brokers, uh, B2C channels, whatnot. We have a brand called ByTheSea.com uh, that sells those flights by the seat uh, to the public. We have assets from uh, Part 380, which is straight forward, straight by the seat, meaning you can buy a seat, a single seat on a the flight. There's no minimum of, uh, of uh, seat required. Uh, we offer shared flight, we offer all the, uh, the aspects in between for those type of uh, clientele. And I believe the, the value we give to each of the parties is for the operators, we dramatically increase the potential of uh, revenue because you can take unutilized flights, sell it by the seat, you make much more if you sell it as, as a charter flight. From the agencies, we give them a tool that they never had before, the ability to sell a private jet flights by the seat. And for the passenger, it's absolutely an amazing experience. I mean, you go on different platforms or different agencies and you can find uh, a safe cost or on a business aviation in a similar uh, or, or higher or lower price from a business of first class and you can actually you know take it and fly on this experience it's amazing um, i did have a look a little bit about the buy my seat or buy the seat 
a little bit earlier, a couple of days ago, just to have a look at what it was all about and see how it worked. And I saw a couple of the offers there and found it very interesting. I also had a bit of a look into the Imperium Jets website and see some of the key talking points that I guess are used as a pitch and something that definitely caught my eye. And I think that's definitely the point is on average, 35% of all private jet charter flights in the US are empty, which creates a potential revenue loss of over $7.3 billion annually, not to mention the aircraft are unutilized with the downtime. So it's one of the company's main points being on the on the website. Talk to me a little bit about how crucial that is as a point when you're pitching to companies and just, I guess, showing off the brand, being able to show people just how much money can be lost and the ways that they can make more revenue. This is a, this is a great question. And I'll tell you why. I think the, the timing of the question is absolutely uh, crucial and, and, and important. We are now in kind of a peak of demand in business aviation. So a lot of companies have more uh, inquiries than they ever had before. Uh, in fact, it actually led in the 2021 to increase of 900% in new aircraft order, which translates to 8,500 new aircraft deliveries, business aviation aircraft deliveries. They're going to be brought to the markets between 2025 to 2030s. So if you're going to ask a company today, hey, do you guys have an issue with uh, empty legs or utilization? They're probably going to say, no, I have a problem with parts. I, I cannot get a window or, 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 or a tire. Those kind of things taking very, very long. But if you look around you next time you're flying a commercial aviation, you see the aircraft is completely full or next to be completely full. And you realize from your own experience and from studies that, you know, like normal studies have been on the subject, that commercial aviation is coming back big time. And by 2025, we estimate to overpass uh, 2019 and reducing the demand for business aviation. But that point of 2025, we believe that people that have ordered aircraft, let's say, for example, have pre-COVID, they have five aircraft with uh, a utilization gap of 20 to 30%, meaning they have an extra 20 to 30% they can use the aircraft. Now they're going to have 10 aircraft with a utilization gap of 40 to 50%. So their problem is going to be much more uh, uh, higher, and they would have to find a new solution. Now, obviously, reducing the cost, it will be their first solution, but it's not going to solve the whole thing. We believe that in this, in this year, in this model, a new uh, business model would need to introduce itself. And we believe that buy the seat is the right model. Uh, that's at least what we receive from uh, the agent's point of view and the customer's point of view when they are very excited about buy the seat offering, especially if they don't need to sign up as members or pay a membership fee. From operator's point of view, you have a lot of standalone operators doing buy the seat flights, which are very successful. And we are receiving a lot of partnership from new operators joining us and say, hey, we, I want to develop this route or I want to try this aspect of buy the seat. So we know the market is very, very uh, hungry for this type of solution. It has been for many, many years. Uh, there was a lot. Okay, so just to uh, kind of recap from what I said, I said there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, operators that want to join the market and, and test buy the seat options for them for either developing routes or better utilizing their seats. And we see a lot of those companies are very excited from not necessarily just the, the model of buy the seat, but also the distribution panel as well. They can now get access to very, very big companies and very big agencies promoting their brand or their name. Um, Imperium is basically a, a white label solution for those companies. We always present uh, the operator name in the front. And this is a, a great way for them to not necessarily just get buy the seat sold, but also to gain new charter audience that might be interested in booking the whole thing because now they can see their brand uh, and their name in the front. And the positive is you're looking at different demographics, I'm sure. Like you mentioned how 
an everyday traveler can have access to the services. You may be looking at companies that may want to, say, buy a seat as well. You're looking at um, a host of different audiences that I'm sure benefits you, whether it is for business travel or someone wants to do it for leisure, uh, for the fun of it, um, I'm sure. I was looking through your uh, website and news releases to just have a look at what's been happening at the company in the past couple of months. And a partnership announcement I did see was with Flying Zebra to expand um, access to private aviation. Uh, I wanted to learn a little bit more about this partnership and what it will mean for both companies moving forward. Amazing. So Flying Zebra, first off, is an amazing company based in uh, White Plain, New York. Uh, Absolutely amazing company to have a fleet of uh, PC-12. Um, and what we're working with them is to do buy to see flights on that PC-12. Uh, we have a route from Miami to New York, and now we're starting to developing more routes in uh, more of uh, New York uh, uh, state area. Um, beside this, uh, we see a lot of interest from people flying, uh, not necessarily just the PC-12, so not necessarily just the small aircraft. Uh, we got a lot of inquiries for also a G4 flight that we have up and coming joining the platform and uh, mid-size aircraft that we're getting from uh, another company that uh, for now is going to stay uh, uh, without a name but hopefully even uh, this week we can uh, announce an official uh, partnership with them uh, to add a lot of flights into the system amazing um now when describing imperium jets to say prospective customers you did i have seen it mentioned that like an airbnb type model and i guess i'm curious to understand what similarities are there and how do you come to make about this comparison between the models so i think that the airbnb example was born from the similarity of you have an asset that is not completely utilized maybe you live in this apartment for x uh, months per year but you have this asset available for one month for example and then you said okay i'm going to list this asset on airbnb and i get uh, renters to uh, use this asset when I'm gone and basically uh, cover some of the rent. So this is very, very similar in aspect of you know, business aviation we do with by the sea. You have uh, aircraft that have X amount of hours utilized. And obviously, if you could sell more with charter flight, you have been doing so. But the reason that you can't sell more you know, charter flight on this aircraft can be because, uh, I don't know, maybe you are in a very tough demographic or maybe you, you have a lot of competition. And you're trying to find a different angle, a different business model. So this is basically what is by the seat designed for. Is that business model that can get you more potential revenue than charter uh, with you know, a new business model that makes a lot of people introduce you and opens you to a whole new world of uh, new business models from uh, you know, a, a loyal flying car on your uh, operation, on your fleet, uh, to make more people introduce your charter services and by the seat services. I find it interesting that you use the Airbnb model, I guess, to compare it. And I, I honestly commend you for that because, as I'm sure you're aware, not everyone can understand the private aviation sector, even the commercial aviation sector. There's such huge industries that are so in-depth and, and can be so utterly confusing to then be able to say, look, this is our business model. This is how we can offer services to you. And being able to use an example that, look, universally, most people do know about, I think is is great because in five seconds there, you've explained the core of the business to be able to, un- like for the buy the seat, to be able to um, understand that. On your website, you do mention a, a private dashboard, something else I was able to take a look at, and how it makes for seamless activity uh, monitoring for companies and prospective companies. How beneficial is having a dashboard that works for these companies um, to see success in the long run with them? So this is actually one of our, our favorites, the sales dashboard, because it gives you an overview of, of a lot of things happening. Uh, for example, you can see obviously the traffic on on the website and people inquiring about your aircraft and whatnot 
but you can also see uh, one of the things that we recommend as, as a best uh, pricing point. So we measure charter, average charter flights costs, we measure first class and business costs, uh, average cost uh, to the dashboard. And then when you set your prices as an operator, you can see kind of where you stand immediately uh, within the price range you decide to sell a seat for. Uh, if you are an agent, you can see what people are inquiring most about. So for example, you see that, uh, for example, aircraft from type A is selling better than type B. So you might be interested in generating this campaign for aircraft type B. Or for example, we have uh, a media kit uh, folder that is updated constantly with new content for you as an agent to create campaign directly from the dashboard. So there's a lot of different tools that you can do with, uh, with the dashboard, obviously to see the performance and, and understanding how the, the sales funnel works uh, on, you know, on your operation if you are a J agent or, or an operator. But beside that, it's a very, very cool uh, tool to, to not see your own performance solely, but to understand what is your customer really, really interested about and what is his main concern and what pages he stayed the longest. So it really covers everything you need from a stand a southern marketing point of view. Um, while I definitely don't with, deal with dashboards probably as important as with uh, Imperium, I, I know firsthand that having a dashboard that is seamless to move through, has data available there, very easy to navigate, can be a driving force in, say, me making a decision to go with one platform for whatever my choosing. Let's say it's uh, management of a, a social platform or potentially we're here for a podcast, um, a podcast managing platform. That dashboard is so critically important. So I can understand how you're saying that that becomes one of your favorite features and it gives people such a great insight because when it when it comes down to picking a preferred company or picking a preferred platform, I think in this day and age, that dashboard really is important. And I'm sure you can agree there. Yeah, we love it very much. And we actually, we gave it to uh, some clients. Basically, we opened an access to them and we didn't manage to schedule a, a demo um, conversation yet, which basically, which we go around and show them the dashboard. And after about uh, two days, when we wanted to schedule the call with them, when they were available, we started to already upload everything to the dashboard and managed to control it uh, completely without having us need to explain them how exactly it works. So it was a very happy moment for us that we see that somebody is using your product without you having to explain to them how does it work. So yeah, that, it's, uh, it's an amazing tool. And that shows how beneficial it can be and I guess how seamless the UI is. Now, you did touch on uh, potential announcements in the future. You also talked about how the next, say, from 2025 onwards, when we see that full rebound of the commercial sector, um, the role Imperium Jets will have. But for the next few years up until that point, what are some of the goals the company and maybe you have personally for it? So the overall goal for us is obviously increasing the amount of uh, operators uploading content to the platform and uh, increasing the distribution channels. So uh, we have uh, a very strong distribution channels right now with uh, even time with APG that leads us to about uh, almost 90,000 uh, travel agencies uh, that will have access to the platform, which is amazing. Not necessarily the dashboard, but to the content that is going to be uploaded uh, to, uh, to the sites and the different platforms. But for us is gaining uh, collaboration with more and more operators. This is the uh, number one priority that we have. And also uh, joining with uh, new interesting collaboration, for example, uh, football clubs or a different sport event or festival event that we can go to those companies and say, hey, we have this uh, buy the seat solution that we can work with an operator to tailor made it for your festival and do something really, really unique. And I think that's going to be another interesting approach for people to have 
flight solution for their sport event or festivals that's often they need to have some connection flights or finding a bypass uh, solution now they're not going to have uh, branded dedicated flights by the seat from different variety of uh, aircraft and i think this is going to be a very very unique experience We've obviously mentioned by the seat quite a lot and the, the positives from it. And as part of Imperium, you're just generally opening up that world of private aviation by selling, like you said, the remaining seats that may be available that the company that's operating hasn't been able to. How important have you found this area of the business to be for you? So by the seat is, is our core business. It's the most important thing that, that we do. It's where we uh, invest the majority of our time um, with the goal, obviously, to open business aviation to the public. That is our, our slogan. This is our mission. We want to make it something that people can use with the same ease as they're using, um, you know, a, a booking flights on Kayak or Expedia. It just three clicks, four clicks. You pick your seats, uh, you see the aircraft, you see the internet ready, and you fly and you have an amazing experience. So for us, buy the seat is the business, is the most important thing. And uh, through further research, I had a look at some of the interviews you've done in the past, and you mentioned how the services were available in the United States. I would, and, and by looking at the website, you can definitely have a look at some of the options that are available there. Um, tell me a little bit about the services you offer, the frequency and such. So it's, it's very changing. So for example, it works on either different seasons or different events or the different uploading content from the operators. So right now we have, I think, about two flights remaining on the website. And we have intention to increase about 100 to 150 flights within the next three months with about nine flights uh, arriving in January. So there's a lot of big plans moving forward with a lot of content that's going to be available from anywhere to a PC-12 to a G4, uh, depending obviously on the route and the dates and the, and the, uh, you know, well, the period of time that is going to be available. But we see a lot of companies that are very, very interested in, in testing this by the seat model. Some of them already did it by, for themselves, and they're looking for a marketing uh, distribution platform like us to help them distribute the content that they have. And some of them are very exciting, brand new, uh, one part 35 that are you know, making their first step into the by the seat world. And we have to go step by step, covering everything from the operation size to how the payment works, how booking works, how regulation works, and everything to, uh, to make their content legally available on the platform and, and accessible for everyone. I was having a look at the site and I, I'm being Australian myself. I, I spend some time in Canada and I'm, I'm typically flying through the United States and I had a look at the site. Um, I'll probably be in Seattle next month and, and, and traveling down the West Coast of the, the US. And I was like secretly like maybe there'll be a, a particular service there <laughs> jump on board at some point. Um, what I find interesting is definitely the connotations surrounding private aviation versus commercial. Someone, if you may mention, oh, look, flying private, they'll say, oh, my God, the, the cost associated with. But what I did find interesting is the comparisons you can make for similar services, but flying in, say, an upper class of a commercial airliner and the cost associated. Um, I'm interested to understand a little bit better about the overall experience that someone may get if they were looking, say, for the very first time to put their money into the by the seat and flying a bit more privately than, say, uh, commercially and, and the pros and cons of that. Sure. So it's all start with a booking on the website or the agency website, depending on when the customers is uh, making its purchase. Booking basically have uh, four stages, you know, the flight itself, the seat, the detail of the passenger and the payment. Once this is done, you're receiving a confirmation email uh, from ourselves uh, or the agency, depending on who you bought it. 
uh, with all the instruction about the flight. Where is your FBO address? When, what time you need to be there? Uh, what uh, luggage is allowed or not allowed to bring? Everything is also available. Obviously, pre-booking, you have it in the FAQ section and you have a 24-7 support center. You can call it any time to receive answers to those questions. And once you uh, the flight is approved, you you go into the FBO in about 30 minutes before the flight. Uh, you go to the reception, say hello. I'm from by the seat flight. You know this is the number. This is the route. Uh, drinking coffee, drinking soft drink, enjoying your time, meeting the other passengers. And when we are ready, the pilots are you know, introducing themselves. We either bring the aircraft or we have a shuttle bringing you to the aircraft. Sit uh, comfortably in your seat. Uh, enjoying some uh, surprises and snacks that we sometimes put on the flight, some unique gift for the passengers. And that's it, enjoying your flight at whatever cruising altitude that you are uh, comfortable with, enjoying the view from the window, lands, they take you back to the FBO. And you know, if there are needs for additional services, this is something that is also available from ground transportation to maybe accommodation. Uh, it's a great uh, that we have a lot of uh, relationship with travel agencies that can really uh, have the extra uh, service or some mile service to to customers that are looking for those type of solution. So it's a much more, I guess you could say, face to face and personal experience, even down to say the pilots coming over and introducing themselves. Um, which I guess when when comparing say commercial to private, that is probably one of the main differences. And as a company, no doubt you you lean into that ability to have that connection with your customers, so they can potentially return one day. And I guess especially if first impressions go, you make sure that it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a premium experience at affordable price. And, and, you know, we treat the customers in this manner. We want to make sure that everybody have a safe and great time uh, with an amazing flight experience. And we go out of our ways to make sure this is happening. Uh, to, to wind down the interview, these are two uh, more fun questions. And I guess uh, something we did discuss in our introductory call uh, around about a week ago, you made mention of the future of aviation and the future of private aviation. And we both mentioned how the pandemic has thrown many curveballs in, in lots of different sectors, whether it's freight, whether it's commercial and whether it's private. And uh, what I, I definitely would be interested to know from your perspective, and we did touch on the role that Imperium would have, but what the next few years will look like for the private aviation sector and how you see that developing. I know you said uh, in relation to these new aircraft being ordered and potentially as commercial rebounds, there's more seats available. Um, how do you see implications on businesses being impacted there? So I think that the future of aviation, it's extremely, let's say, exciting and interesting, specifically now with the changes uh, that happened from COVID, because it's really accelerate a lot of processes within business aviation. Uh, I just recently uh, been in Abu Dhabi to talk about the exact same thing, the future of business aviation, when we discussed uh, the different uh, aircraft orders and even like dealing with threat of uh, cyber that uh, going and increasing and what we can do to avoid it to how we can make sure that the customer's experience is now improved in not just the flight itself, but also the terminal and a lot of different aspects. And the two things that I found very much interesting is first, because I'm coming from business aviation, I'm very much interested to see how business aviation is going to develop in light of the new aircraft delivery and the, the changes from commercial aviation. I think this is one of the, to my opinion, very, very interesting topics uh, to look out for in the future. And also the second thing that I see, it's uh, the world is coming to a much, I'll say, greener space. And in Abu Dhabi, there was a significant uh, panel about what we can do in order to uh, reduce CO2, what 
what processes can we make, not necessarily just on the fly, but in all over uh, operation? Can we use uh, AI to reduce uh, some steps or, or can we use uh, Industry 4.0 to maybe reduce some of the workers so we have less traffic on, on the runway or, or less a point of contact with the, with the customers? I think those two things, um, which is the large title is Industry 4.0, but, uh, but basically what it means is how the workforce of everything in aviation from the terminal to the pilots is going to change. I think we're going to see a lot of things uh, change in this manner. And the second thing is obviously, because it's uh, my personal favorite uh, and we're very excited about it, is the change in business aviation in 2025 to 2030. Of course. I think... Um I think the automation, especially in the commercial side, is is going to be uh, very intriguing and as a, as a passenger, potentially frustrating to see develop. Most recently, I flew through uh, through to Canada and, and departed out of my home airport, which is uh, down in Melbourne, Australia. And it was interesting to see the difference uh, in comparison to, say, five years prior, departing out of that international terminal, to see all the automated uh, check-ins and bag drops for international services. Um, of course, a great initiative to potentially work towards having a reduction in the employees required. But of course, uh, I guess even you could compare this to say your dashboard. If, if it at its core, it doesn't really work, it presents problems. I'm not saying that like say your dashboard has the issues, but I'm sure if you've ever had one little minor hiccup, um, it can throw everything out. And I think in such a industry where you've got hundreds of people coming through every hour, especially in the commercial side, sometimes seeing that development in the automation area can cause many problems. I mean, for me, it was not a seamless um, experience at all. And you're often left wondering, maybe it would have been better if this was done done face-to-face. Um, I just find it fascinating to hear from different perspectives what the future of aviation looks like, and especially for you in your role and how crucial your company will be for the future of business aviation Um it's great to hear. And to conclude on a final fun question, which you mentioned to me in that call uh, a week ago, but I wanted to learn more. You said that uh, your preference when booking a flight would be to get the window seat. Um, and you were pretty firm on that. And of course, it's a it's a hotly debated topic where you'd go. Will you go in the middle? Will you go on the aisle? If it's a wide body, will you sit in those four seats in the middle? Um, I'm, I want to understand why the window seat for you? I'll tell you why, and I believe that you have a lot of uh, people that are going to um, you know, connect to what I'm saying. Every time that the aircraft is departing, and it doesn't matter if I'm six years old or 31 years old or whatever, if I'm tired or not, every time that this aircraft is going on the runway and is about to depart, I'm taking off my headphones, I'm looking for the window, and I'm just amazed time and time again how this machine is just floating in the air. And now when I'm older, I know the mechanics, I know the forces that makes this magic so-called so uh, happening. But in every single time, it's just, it's an amazing moment for me. I do not speak with anyone this morning, just looking at the window, just appreciating this marvel of, of aviation and this moment, which for me, it's really, really unique. And I'm sure that a lot of listeners are, are feeling the same uh, because when you love it aviation, just in love it aviation. It's just a thing that you cannot explain. And for me, sitting next to the window, you can view this magic happening one more time. It's amazing. And I think that's just the perfect way to to round up the interview, you expressing your love for aviation. Because like I always say, 
um, whether it be running a company, being involved in a company. For you, it's being the founder and chief executive. If you're passionate about the industry you're in, you're passionate about the company, it, it really hits home. And I guess throughout this entire um, discussion we've had, it's been really clear to see not only your passion for the, the business side of aviation, but also what Imperium Jets is doing. And, and back to what you were saying about that window, I wholeheartedly agree. I am that annoying person that will have to capture every single sunset on a flight. If I see some mountains, I'm going to be looking at the mountains. I'm going to have my face pressed up against the window for departure and landing, trying to spot any potential landmarks. Um, I'll never be able to understand the people that sit in the middle seats, um, and and don't seem to, I guess you could say, have a care in the world about what's going on. Maybe they didn't have a choice and they've been placed there. But for me, I will do anything to uh, sit at the window, even if it means in the second to last row. <laughs> uh, well, that's all for today, uh, Little. Thank you very much for your time. It was fantastic to learn a little bit about Imperium Jets, the business side of aviation, and, and of course, you and your rise to where you are today. I'm personally very excited to see where Imperium Jets heads in the coming years, of course, with exciting announcements and the change in landscape of the the business aviation side. So thank you very much and uh, looking forward to keeping in contact and maybe catching up at a later date to discuss uh, how things have been going. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you again and talk to you soon. You'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. Dan.